Hey, hi, hello. Uh, welcome to Dark Yarness, where we spin you a tale most strange than usual. I'm Krista, and I slept for the first time in like two weeks last night, so woo! I'm Tracy, and I didn't. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. It was my own fault. It was my own doing. I stayed up late playing video games, as you do. That's okay. And <laughs> I, No, I just, I've been having real a real hard time with the insomnia lately, which mm. is why I texted you back so late this morning, because I'd fucking... Normally, I don't have to set an alarm because normally I wake up at like 7.30 and then I woke up at 9.30. I said, huh. Oh, neat. Well, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's good. I needed it, but also schedule today. <laughs> right. I got to get here. God like, damn it. I'm officially on the, I'm so old that 7.30 is my sleeping in stage. <laughs> that's where I thought I was. Because normally my alarm goes mm -hmm. off at 6.15 every morning. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no <laughs> yeah because like my my hours are i have my new official official hours now mm -hmm. monday tuesday 7 30 to 7 with an hour lunch mm -hmm. and then thursday friday 7 30 to 6 with another hour lunch so instead oh, yeah. of four tens i'm doing two 11s and two nines that's not bad. It's not too bad. And I'm really close to home, so I can come home for lunch and do oh, that's whatever good. I want to do. That's really good, actually. Holy shit. Well, it might change again. Oh, no. Because <laughs> we two of our locations, I, I work in a doctor's office, as I've previously said, but two of our locations have walk-in clinics and one does not. Mm -hmm. The one doesn't. The one that does not is now going to be a walk-in clinic as oh. well. And they need uh, two people for the three 14 hour days. Oh, wow. And I'm like, I might jump on that Maybe. because it comes with another pay raise. That'd be nice. And then and you also have four days off. Four days off. Ooh, exactly. And I, 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 for crafting mm -hmm. and for doing things I want to do, I do better when on, on days I don't work. So I feel oh, yeah. like in the grand scheme of things, I'm not really sacrificing much time because I mean, it's yeah. the same thing because when I get home from work I'm like <laughs> potato and TikTok time relatable <laughs> I oh that's a big fucking mood right there <laughs> oh it hurts I side note I just want to take a moment to appreciate the messages that my friend Daniel sent me last night while I was asleep because <laughs> I I'm going to show this to you but I'm going to read this so he sent me this is the first thing that I opened. I don't even scroll up to see what else that he sent me, but he sent mm -hmm. me some video. And then he sent me, and it's the, the beginning of all of the words are capitalized like a title. So it says, I am unmedicated. <laughs> he has awful ADHD. Oh, no. And you could tell <laughs> when he hasn't taken his meds. But I mean, same. Um, so then in all caps, it's, there's a possum, and then he sends me a picture that's real zoomed in of this possum just vibing out in the street somewhere. <laughs> and he says, I'm going to pet it. <laughs> and that, that message was sent to me at 11.09 p.m. I'm going to pet it. And at 12.54 a.m., he sent, the possum did not let me pet it. Oh, oh no. <laughs> what? What the fuck did that's I such, up to? That's such a long span of time, too. Like, what? was he just chasing this possum around the street? I just... Oh. <laughs> What happened? <laughs> I want to pet the possum too. Same. And I, 
I they, want, they make really loyal pets. They're similar to cats and they can eat bananas. Oh my God. I love them already. But they're, oh my God. They have a part in nature and I can't take them away they from nature. They do have a part in nature. Like if there's one that uh, cannot be rehabilitated. Rehabilitated. Yes, that. I got you, girl. <laughs> if there's ever a possum that cannot be rehabilitated into the wild because of, I don't know. Things. Things stuff. and stuff. I'll take it. There you go. Oh, hell yeah. I want to be, I want to make friends with a possum. God damn. All right. <sighs> it's time to talk about awful things I don't want to talk about. Like, I, I like doing this, but I also, I pick awful things to talk about. Oh, also, I'm still working on the cardigan. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I started a cardigan. <laughs> I didn't finish any of the two or three that I have ha- almost done, just not finished. You'd think I would, but no, I started another one. It looks really nice, though. Oh, thank you. I like the shiny in the yarn. I, I love the shiny yarn. It makes it's... me happy. I'm going to buy more of this, like, blue shiny yarn, right? I'm going to... Mm-hmm. I have a bunch of yellow. I'm going to make, like, a starry night cardigan. Ooh. That's gonna, I'm, I can't wait for that. I have to, I have I to love fucking that finish concept. these. It, yeah. So much. Yeah. Mine's still the Swamp Lake one. I love Swamp Lake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't work on it for a while because there was a market. Yeah. So I was making things for the market because for like this cardigan mm-hmm. for fucking once is something for me. Yes. And good. <laughs> I yes. haven't made something for me in too long. Too long. I think two years. Oh, my God. Way too long. <laughs> Tracy. No, I know. And like every single thing I have like this is for me. Someone else is like, oh, I like that. I'm like, you want to buy it? You want to buy it? I'm <laughs> poor. That's fair. That's fair. I, uh, oh my God, my brain had a thought and now the thought's gone. <laughs> I, oh, I don't have brain cells today. That's okay though. It's fine. It's, it is all a-okay. Yes. Okay. Because we have, and we have another market coming up and it's a uh, period product drive. Oh, that's right. And I'm going to crochet a bunch of angry uteruses. Yeah. And it's called tacos and tampons. And I'm also going to crochet some tacos. Hell yeah. I love it. <laughs> I've done nothing for that. I, still I have haven't f- either, but I'm <laughs> determined to finish this cardigan before I do. I and I'm giving myself until Wednesday to get this finished. There you go. Fuck yeah. Okay. Okay. I need to refocus. We need to, I need to talk about these things. Oh, I will start by saying, so this first episode has just one source and it's a documentary that I watched. Hmm. And as I finish, uh, working on this, cause I'm not done with the entire topic. This will be like a two or three parter. Um, as I finish this, I will add more sources to it. This is just what I had time for. Normally, I don't like to only have one source, mm-hmm. but. Okay, so we are opening up with a woman named Lucille Gall, and she's talking about her brother, Florian. Um, Florian Gall, he was not only a brother, but was a good friend to her. Uh, he worked as a pastor, preacher. I forget what correct term is, but father. He was father Florian Gall. Um, Anyway, dear God, I have no brain cells. I'm fucking this up already. <laughs> oh, I also want to say that normally, um, normally with stories, this they are all very victim focused. This story, how I'm doing these first two parts is a little more like story focused and timeline focused. And then okay. come come the end, we're gonna refocus on the victims because they deserve that. I see. Okay, okay. cool. So I don't have a lot about him right now, but that's 
because of how this one is being told. Okay. We will come back to him and I will tell people more about him because... I'm sorry if you can hear my dog. He's he's having feelings today. He is having feelings today. He's been strangely, like, more attached to me than usual. Huh. And, uh, I, I don't know. Kenobi, I recommend some deep breaths. Yes, take some deep breaths. Okay. Go hang out. It's also probably because all three doors are closed. Oh, and he doesn't yeah. like closed doors. That's, I mean... I get that. Because he's a spoiled little fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be okay, Kenobi. Okay, so. So one night, around 2 a.m., Florian called Lucille, complaining that he was having trouble breathing. Lucille agreed to meet him at Somerset Hospital. Uh, He ended up needing to be intubated, which to to help him breathe, basically, yeah. Um, His sister stayed with him throughout the night, and he managed to stabilize enough that Lucille felt okay with going home. The nurses remembered that he was doing better, and they were shocked to hear that he ended up coding and dying. Oh, God. Okay. That escalated quickly. Very much so. Okay. So, the local poison control center gets a call from a nurse asking about a drug called digoxin. This medication... Oh, God. Tracy's face just went... (laughs) I know know the story. I know the story. Keep going. Keep going. I'm sure. (laughs) There's like a handful of medical stories that I know because I just I hate I hate the concept of medical related ones. So I just avoid them. But this one I know. Um, And so when I saw there was a documentary, I said, oh, okay. so the drug, the Jackson, this medication is normally used to treat heart failure by making the contraction of your heart stronger. However, as the level of the Jackson rises in your system, your heart rate starts to slow down and eventually this causes death. The nurse said that her patient hadn't gotten her digoxin dose in two days, but her level is continuing to climb. And of course, this doesn't make sense. Um, this took place on the 16th and on the 28th, the same unit there was... Ooh, oh, I read that funny. On the 28th in the same unit, there was another digitoxicity, as they referred to it. <laughs> I, it yeah, anyway, uh, so this, this man did end up dying from it. Hmm. Bruce, the person at the poison control center, asked if there's anyone with hypoglycemia, which is low blood sugar. Um, there had been two people before who had gone hypoglycemic out of nowhere. And the person at the poison control center tells the nurse that this should definitely be a police matter, but that he was going to let her decide what to do with it. Oh, Tracy's face. <laughs> I'm remembering this. I'm not going to spoil anything, but who, buddy? Yeah, I appreciate it. So two days later... Bruce calls back and asks the nurse if she's made a decision. And the nurse informs them that the administration has taken over the investigation and has gotten lawyers involved and has asked her not to speak to anyone outside or any outside agencies at this point. But she did not know if the hospital had called authorities or not, which is never good. All right. So we jump to Tim Braun, commander at Somerset Major Crimes Unit uh, at the time that this takes place. (laughs) I put the years that he was the commander there, but that's... uh, 2002 to 2005, if anyone cares. Anyway, (laughs) so he gets a call from Somerset County Prosecutor regarding a death at Somerset Medical. The on-call detective, Danny Baldwin, and Braun get called into a meeting with the higher-ups at Somerset Medical Center and their lawyers. They had been looking into several suspicious deaths that had occurred at the hospital. The first two incidents were low glucose levels, and the next two were elevated digoxin levels. Major Crimes Unit requested that they conduct an investigation, which the hospital handled. Uh, The day after, they received the documents related to the investigation. They expected a binder of notes, but they were given a very short letter written by an attorney, which is never a good sign. Mm. Um, 
apparently their investigation hadn't uncovered any suspicious activity, but they did mention one nurse named Charles Cullen. Um, and this was one of the nurses who cared for Reverend Gall. So the detectives did a routine background check on the nurse that was mentioned. Cullen only had two arrests, one for drunk driving in the 80s and one for criminal trespass. So the investigators called the police department related to these crimes to try and get a little more information and a little more background. The police still have this file, and on that file is a post-it note. And that note says that Hmm. months earlier, Pennsylvania State Police had called asking about the same information. And they, Mm. yep, red flag, red flags all around. Uh, Fortunately, they also, uh, they had left the detective's name and number on that uh, post-it note as well. So these detectives reach out to the other detective whose name apparently I did not get. So many, (laughs) so many detectives. Um, And he happened to be doing his own investigation on Cullen. This investigation was about Cullen stockpiling medications at St. Luke's Hospital. Are you good? Yeah, I'm looking for a thing that I don't need, so I should stop looking for it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the story of my life. Okay, so investigators are now worried. Um, If he did this, then he currently was still around patients, and this could happen again. So they start by interviewing family members and friends of Cullen, and they learn that he's a smart man and a loving father, but at the same time, it seemed like his family wasn't surprised that they were asking these kinds of questions. Hmm. Colin was known to abuse family pets and had even poisoned one of them. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah. that, uh, that not that like the number one serial killer tell? So there's something called the McDonald Triangle, I believe. Okay. I, I can't remember if that's still an accurate tell or not. But one of them is like killing animals. Another one is starting fires and another one is bedwetting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know or remember if that is still considered an accurate thing or not but i do know that if you are killing an animal that is smaller than you because you need to feel powerful there's something wrong yes um so investigators learn that colin had worked at several different hospitals so they put together a timeline of his job history um he had worked in nine hospitals and one nursing home and they started looking into warren hospital which was where i believe his first hospital and where he had worked from 91 to 94 um, so we jump to a woman named Sharon Jones who is talking about her aunt and her cousin. So her aunt Helen and her cousin Larry. Helen was like a mother to her, so she, you know, this is why they had her telling this story because, you know, this is somebody very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and with how close she was to Helen, Larry was basically just like her brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so Helen had gone to Warren Hospital for a procedure. She was doing great. And she was set to be sent to Coventry Center for rehabilitation. Larry was visiting his mother when a male nurse came in and asked him to leave the room. The male nurse purred the curtain around her. Larry, who was out at the nurse's station, hears his mom yell, ouch. Larry went back to his mother's room as the nurse rushed out. He asked Helen what had happened. And she said that the nurse had stuck her with something. Uh, Larry was the type of person to always carry a Swiss army knife. And he had a magnifying glass on his. And when he looked, he saw a prick mark on her interior right thigh. So Helen leaves the hospital to head the Coventry Center via ambulance. Larry stops at home to pick up his mother's slippers. And when he gets there, the phone is ringing. The Coventry Center had called to tell him that his mother died within five minutes of arrival. That night, Larry went to the prosecutor's office to report that his mother had been murdered He knew that this male nurse had given her something before she died, so a toxicology test was run. 
They tested for everything except the Jackson. <gasps> yep. Which I hate. I mean, I'm sure <clears throat> considering like why she was there, they wouldn't think to run it because why would a nurse give her to Jackson? Mm-hmm. But hey. <laughs> um, so Helen's case ended up being closed as there was a lack of evidence to be able to press charges. And Cullen is able to move on to the next hospital. After the investigation at Warren, Cullen checked himself into a psychiatric facility. He was discharged and the doctor wrote a letter. In it, it said, quote, It is the consensus of his treatment team that there is no reason he could not resume his duties as a registered nurse at your hospital following discharge. Unquote. Fun times. <laughs> they hide well. So, after learning about this, the investigators are obviously concerned. However, most of what they would have considered... Ooh, most of what they have would have been considered hearsay, so they have to keep investigating. Uh, one of them was quoted as, medical homicides are a bitch to work. Yeah. Yeah, because they. What, what he said was that they can be difficult to prove because of a lack of witnesses, lack of cameras, and a lack of a preserved crime scene. Because they oh. think the person just died, why do they need to preserve the crime scene? So, um, but yeah, it's basically a lack of any normal evidence that you would find in a normal homicide investigation. So... Investigators had gone back to Somerset Medical for more information, only to be told that they had been given everything. So they had nowhere to turn, so they tried to get outside help by calling the local poison control center. When investigators call, they ask about Dijoxin, and Bruce, who had taken the previous calls, immediately asks, are you calling about Somerset Medical Center? There is a brief silence before detectives ask what he's talking about, and Bruce says, we've been telling them that they have a murderer on their hands for a while now. Oh, God. So this is... Embarrassing. Very... Oh, God. I mean, can you imagine? So the whole thing with these hospitals and how they don't like to report things is that they're trying to keep things under wraps because they don't want it to <clears throat> to get out that, oh, somebody's murdering patients because that looks really bad. But it's then, not like the medical field doesn't already milk the fuck out of us already. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I haven't gotten to this point in my research yet but I, I actually did a report on this person when I was in college in one of my criminal Ooh. justice classes yeah so when I saw that's part of why when I saw the uh the documentary I was like holy fuck yeah um but one of the things that's going on in the early 2000s at on the east coast is there is a shortage of nurses and shit oh so it's easier for them to ignore it and to write him a nice letter of recommendation and to have him just go away off to the next hospital and be somebody else's problem mm. yeah so um and that's how we got here. That is exactly how we got here. Okay. So, um, ba, 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 ba. so this this has obviously got obviously gotten the detective's attention. Uh, Bruce got his ire up, Dr. Marcus involved. And when the detectives get there, Marcus says something along the lines of, Where have you been? You should have been here months ago. So, Marcus and Bruce have recordings of all of the phone calls that they have from Somerset Hospital. Detectives listen and realize that Somerset has left out a lot of what has been going on. Um, Mark, Dr. Marcus and Somerset had been in touch three months earlier than when they got detectives involved. So they've known for a minute now that something ain't right. And yet. Oh, your face. <laughs> Things like this make me enraged. I hate the American healthcare system for so many reasons. I hate any for-profit medical system mm -hmm. to begin with. Mm -hmm. And while... Switching to what type of, like, switching to healthcare for all 
might not solve all of the problems, but I feel like if we are not worried about a profit for people's health, this might not happen because they're like, well, we're not worried about whether or not people are spending money here. So Mm -hmm. fuck this guy. He can leave. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I mean, I I don't know how all this works. That might still be an issue of like, oh, well, then nobody will come to the hospital then, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, I'd rather go to the hospital I'd, I'd feel much better if you had fired him after the first or second time you... Re- I can understand the first being like, maybe that was a fluke, but if there a second incident happened and then you're like, cool, fuck this guy, fire him, get him arrested. I would rather that be the case than like... Continuous murders? Yes! I, I don't understand how they're like, oh, well, this clearly is the better option here. It's not. It's not. Because not, like... Not. You could have saved so many people's lives. Not only that... You could have saved so many people's lives, but it now looks a lot worse. It looks so much worse, you shithead. So now they are the hospital that could have caught a serial killer. And they didn't. And didn't. And they fucking didn't. Okay, so. Huh, so it is it is very clear from these calls that Somerset Medical is coming, covering up, um, likely to avoid being sued as well as to keep patients coming to Somerset since, you know, no one wants to go to a hospital or people keep <clears> dying. <throat> Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Ugh, I hate them. I hate them so much. Okay, so um, this makes detectives wonder just how many other hospitals that Cullen had worked at that had done the same thing. And they immediately begin to investigate previous hospitals and start getting in touch with uh, Pennsylvania State Police to see the status of their investigation to St. Luke's Hospital. So uh, his name is State Trooper Egan, I guess. Uh, <laughs> he wouldn't say much over the phone, but he was more than willing to talk to them face to face. Egan shared his reports and then said that a nurse there had told him that Charles Cullen was killing patients, and he said that this nurse was willing to talk. So, they get in touch. Pat Medlin had worked in a small ICU at St. Luke's Hospital with Cullen. She described him as quirky, yet kind of odd, but that wasn't too weird to her, though, as, quote, you know, ICU nurses are kind of weird, unquote. Um, Pat was working the night that Cullen was taken out and allowed to resign somewhere around 2 or 3 a.m., Everything was super hush-hush about it. Hmm. hmm So, a few days later, Pat is calling co-workers and trying to figure out if anyone knows what happened. She was told that there were more than 50 vials of medications that were found dumped in a needle box. A lot were unused, but there were some that weren't used. Uh, the more Pat thought about this, the more she realized what Colin had been doing. And she remembered that she had two of her own patients within a week that were stable that suddenly coded. Um, so Pat got to fucking work. She made a list of everyone who had died at the time, gathered dates, times, names. There were 67 deaths on that list. Jesus. Yes. So Pat guessed that maybe 25% of those deaths would have been Cullen's. That she's figured that a quarter of that would have been a reasonable amount. So she said somewhere around 17. More than 40 of those names on the list were people that died while Cullen was working. Yeah. Um, Two of these were, as I said, uh, Pat's patients. And they, it sucks when she talks about it because these were patients that she was very fond of, especially one of them was just super sweet to her. And she, oh God, she tears up. I just want to hug this woman. Is this the one that would sing You Are My Sunshine to her? Oh God, I, I, I'm probably... I'm trying to save a lot of the the victim stuff for the later. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, you're fine. You're good. No, that's, I'm just saying like that's the only reason I didn't include it now. But yeah, he was just he was just so sweet and kind. It broke my heart. Okay, so Pat brought this information to her director and said, 
I'm sure that he's killing people. And all of her higher-ups said, no, we're sure that he's not. Um, We've already investigated and ruled it out. (laughs) Yeah. We're silent because rage. There are no words. There are just, (gasps) yep, just like that. Just (laughs) screams. Just screams. So after a few days, she turned over what she had to the state police. And the investigation was slow. And then one night, the scene, yes. I mean, it kind of has to be with these, like, what, it, and I get that. Yeah, it's just frustrating in the moment because like, wow, it's just going to keep happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like it's it's like one of those unfortunate situations where um, I, I, I've i said this in so many episodes, but I watch a lot of Criminal Minds. Mm-hmm. I probably watched the whole se- series at least two or three times. I still have some seasons I haven't watched because they only had up through season 12 on Netflix. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, me too then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um. It's like the unfortunate part where they have to wait for another victim yeah, to and get more evidence. Which sucks ass. Which is awful. Yeah. And I, Yeah. So. Uh, bu- bu- bu. Okay. So one night, the CEO of the hospital spoke to all of the nurses and told them that the investigation was closed and that the state police had found that Cullen had not done anything wrong. <laughs> Pat started hearing gossip from other nurses, uh, things like whoever reported this caused a lot of havoc and nearly cost St. Luke's the construction of their new site, which the fucking audacity of people to be like, oh, my God, we almost couldn't have our second site for the hospital. That's not what you should be caring exactly. about. Yeah. So um, to so to be able to borrow money, they had to report any potential lawsuits and reporting any would mean that they would lose the money to build because, you know, that's oh, too fucking bad. Exactly. Exactly. You're supposed to save lives, you fuckers. Oh, God. OK, so it, it all comes back to money and profit. I hate all of you. So I'm um, corporate America. Yeehaw, baby. <sighs> so. It was safer for the hospital to have him resign and give him a letter of recommendation than it was to deal with the consequences. Uh, So the pattern with Cullen's cases is that people would die. The hospital would investigate. He would be asked to resign. An outside investigation would happen, but would fizzle out due to lack of evidence. And this happened at almost every hospital that he worked at. Detectives were very much determined not to let their case end up like previous ones. And that is where I'm going to stop for today. Ah! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, buddy. Yeah. It's, Alrighty. It's a lot. It's things like this piss me off. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. There I have go. a mighty rage. Yes, there is a fucking, I already have a mighty rage for the American healthcare system, as I said before, but like, just, oh God, I, yeah. I love, I love that we live in a country where I'm able to say, wow, fuck the United States of America. Yes. But also fuck the United States of America. Yes. (laughs) I, I, God. That's all. It did be like that. It did be very much like that. Okay. Upsetting. Here we are. All right. All right. Tell me something to make me feel better. Well, for my cardigan, I got most of an extra done. I only have. So for my hexacardigan, I use for all you other like crafters that are listening. um, If you know how to make a granny square. um, Instead of like the four clusters, you make one. Wait, six. Instead of four, you make one, two, three, four, five, six. Yes, you make six. And I use. Uh. 4.0, 4, no, 
Four weight. Weight. Yeah. Four weight yarn and a 6.0 hook. I don't know the letter. That's a J. It's a J. I'm okay. using a 6.5, which is a K. <laughs> it's labeled right here. <laughs> but um, I go out to 18 rows because what I'm going to do is when I put the two together, I'm going to make a tail to kind of make it like a duster cardigan. Ooh. Uh-huh. That'll be good. And I might make the sleeves a little longer, but we shall see. But yes. I am on row 13 as we speak. Aww, so I, I've only got 13, 14. Five more to go. Hell yeah. But as like with cardigans, as I'm sure fellow crafters know, the further out you go with. It uh, takes so long. It takes longer each row. And it's like. Eh. <laughs> it's OK. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to set the building on fire. It's be I'm not actually going to set a building on fire. That was a purely sarcasm. Did I tell you I got post blocked for saying set the building on fire on a comment on Facebook? <laughs> It was purely satirical, but Facebook doesn't know the difference. I got a, uh, I got in Facebook jail once or a, a Facebook warning okay. or something like that. Like I couldn't go live or something else, but um, <laughs> someone had posted a meet. I'm like, I'm kidnapping this meme. This is good. And oh my God, they got mad at the word kidnap. And I tried to, I tried to like, what's the word? I tried to put it in appeal. It's like, this wasn't. This was sarcasm. This was joke. Your this, this thoughts wasn't, don't know shit about dick. <laughs> like this wasn't like me saying I'm kidnapping a human. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like I'm stealing a meme Give here. Me the like, memes. <laughs> I want the memes. Give me the memes. The memes. Okay, so I'm doing the final part or slash part three of fuck it. I'm not sleeping tonight. Series. <laughs> <laughs> Hell um, yeah. So I'm piggybacking off my two previous topics. The first one was uh, the Norse sleep paralysis goblin slash demon called the Mare or Mar. And then the one after that, I talked about Hatman. So we kind of discovered that shadow people is loosely connected to sleep paralysis as well. Mm -hmm. And it's also been commented that Hatman could be a type of shadow people. Mm -hmm. And for, for this topic, I kind of went a little bit of a different route. Um, I, I did focus on the lore and the backgrounds, but I also dove into the more scientific side of things as well. Mm -hmm. Because that came up a lot more. Okay. And while there's shadow, if you think Hatman is wildly debated, shadow people <laughs> are wildly in widely debated. I can, okay, so that definitely makes sense to me because I've heard on plenty of podcasts and such from people, they're like, oh, well, shadow people show up when like you're not in a great state of mental health or when you haven't been sleeping well, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, so like psychosis? Like <laughs> like bad <laughs> mental health things? Like, is this a demon or am I just going crazy because I can't sleep lately? I mean, uh, <laughs> that's the thing. That's yeah. the thing. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, so let's dive into these things. My first source is from Bustle. Um, so just like hat man, shadow people are actually a very common occurrence. Uh, it happens a lot when people are just like vaguely paying attention to something else. Like if they're reading, playing a video game, whatever it is, uh, normies do. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they see like a shadow person shaped thing in the corner of their eye that disappears as soon as you look at them. Um, the source states that shadow people are widely debated on what exactly they are. And if, even if they're even paranormal, mm -hmm. So here's a good quote. Depictions of shadowy like... I read that backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Depictions of shadowy human-like figures 
have appeared in folklore and religious texts throughout history and cultures. Some examples include the supernatural creatures known as jinn of ancient Islamic theology, the shadowy beings known as Nalusa Chito of the Native American Chota tribes mythology. The modernly used term shadow people was apparently coined by paranormal researcher and book author Heidi Hollis. Hey, last one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She talked about Hatman. So yes, this is the same Heidi that uh, talked about Hatman. And she claims that shadow people have been around since the beginning of time and usually appear as dark human-shaped silhouettes in our peripheral vision. So I went down a rabbit hole with the term peripheral vision. Mm -hmm. So there's this thing called apparent motion. Okay. So the snake illusion or like shadow illusion. Wait, is there child motion too? There's a apparent motion. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> okay, anyway. Kenobi didn't like that joke. No, he didn't. My dog's on some bullshit today. I took him out to pee and poop and he did fine. And now he's just like, hey. He's growling at my let shitty joke. <laughs> let me in. <laughs> okay, anyway. So, apparent motion. Yes. Um. So, the snake illusion occurs because there's so much information hitting the different parts of our retina at the same time. Okay. So, all this detail is sent to the visual cortex at once, and the resulting confusion tricks the brain into thinking that a movement or a shadow place. So, the clothing hanging on a chair or the book bag in our peripherals can indeed just morph into what we think are people. Mm-hmm. Or like some sort of snake-like motion. But, of course... Dove deeper into it. Because brains. Because brain. brain. Interesting. So for the sake of what if these things were real? And what are they? Well, as stated before, they are heavily debated, similar to Hatman. Uh, to quote professional witch and psychic Renee Waltz. To- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Professional witch and psychic. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, tells Bustle. That um, they often thought of, they are often thought of as ghosts or a collection of negative energy. But as is true with most paranormal phenomena, there's no finite answer. Fair. So it's been said that people who see these things, or rather whoever they appear to, maybe on like like you said, maybe on sort of psychic attack. Um, there is also a big theory that these things are loosely connected to Greymen or aliens. <laughs> aliens. <laughs> Uh, But I want to dive deeper into aliens later, so I'm not going to go too deep into that topic just now. um, Because that's a whole lot to unpack right there. (laughs) Um, But these things overall just have an overwhelming and scary presence. And they essentially exist to induce fear and be omens of some sort. Most stories with shadow people have reported that they have come with a feeling of dread or anxiety or with some sort of impending doom. Mm -hmm. Uh, this could also be chalked up to when people see these things are usually in some sort of emotional duress. Yeah. Um, it is also important to consider that most shadow people sightings appear in our peripheral vision, mm-hmm. which is designed to detect motion and movement, not detail. Yeah. So with that said, it would be easier to mistake something in the corner of our eye for something that isn't there than it would be if we were to see something head on. Okay, so from the same source, they kind of go into, what do you do if you see a shadow person? And here's the quote on that. Uh, it's normal to feel fear. Fe- <laughs> same. <laughs> it's normal to feel fearful 
if you see something as inexplicable as a shadow person. But according to experts, the best to, fo- the best to focus on staying, it's best. Good God, Tracy. I believe in you. You can do it. <laughs> Put your back into it. Oh. <laughs> I popped it. <laughs> it's best to focus on staying grounded and not letting yourself be overwhelmed by the discomfort of what you're experiencing. If you encounter a shadow person, the worst thing you can do is give it your fear as entities with negative intent thrive on their ability to make us feel unsafe or uncomfortable. Watt says, the best thing you can do is call your spiritual protection, pray, or simply stand your ground by firmly telling the shadow person to leave you alone. So a one-off encounter with a shadow being can be creepy, but if your visions of these entities are ongoing, it may be saying it's time to like cleanse yourself. Okay. Or, um... Oh, yeah, this is the quote continued. A derp. <laughs> it's okay. If you're having multiple experiences with shadow people, you may want to consider doing a major energetic house cleansing or hiring a professional energy worker. For fuck's sake, dog. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> I stole the gator. <laughs> um. <laughs> We're gonna shit show. I'm sorry, Andrew. We're gonna have to post pictures of Kenobi now. Yep, we sure will. They're gonna people are gonna listen to this and be like, "Wow, what the fuck is this?" And they're gonna see pictures of like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that's a good dog." Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) TLDR: Cleanse your home. Cleanse your home. (laughs) So I went back to the science side. There's this whole article about shadow people like in the science side behind it. And Mm -hmm. I have a pretty good like chunk of it uh, to read to you today because I have trouble uh, putting sciencey things in my own words. Okay, that's fair. So this is from science.org and it's an article called Illuminating Shadow People. Ooh. According to a new study, when a specific region of the brain called the left temper... Temporoparietal junction sure. or TPJ yes. is stimulated. I like that better. <laughs> TPJ. TPJ. Is stimulated and can create the illusion of a shadow person. Given that such experiences are often heightened in psychotic disorders such as schizophrenia and paranoia, and even in those who believe they've been abducted by aliens, the results could lead to a better understanding of these neurological conditions. The finding emerged by accident. Neurologists. Neuro- neuro- there we go. Neurologists. Neurologists. I got you. Thanks. <laughs> Neurologist Olaf Blank. <laughs> <laughs> I love not. I I don't love not being able to say people's names, but I love. <laughs> I love being in the presence of somebody who also doesn't know how to say Well, it's either blank or blanque, but I think blank sounds Oh, no, you're literally... Better. I thought you were saying blank over for like... Oh! Oh, uh, like... That's B-L-A-N-K-E. Okay. Blanky? Bla- <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he's good at cuddling? Uh, cuddling the brain, apparently. <laughs> Okay, so Olaf of the Brain Mind Institute in Switzerland and and his colleagues were attempting to identify the source of epileptic seizures in 23-year-old 
in a 23-year-old woman. They applied a mild current through surgically implanted electrodes to various regions of her brain. Not much happened until the researchers stimulated the woman's left TPJ, located roughly above the left ear. Suddenly, she reported feeling the presence of a mystery person behind her, a motionless and speechless shadow that imitated her body posture and actions. He, quote-unquote, lay beneath her when she lay down, sat behind her when she sat down, and attempted to take a test card from her when she tried to participate in a language exercise. Such delusions are similar to those seen in patients with schizophrenia, says Blinky. <laughs> Blinky. Schizophrenics often mistake their own bodies to be someone else's, for example, and attribute their own actions to others. They also have frequent illusions of being followed or controlled by a stranger. And as, ugh, as do those who claim they have been manipulated by aliens. Aliens. Blinky says. Blinky says that shadow that the shadow person phenomenon may shed light on how the brain perceives self. In order to recognize its own body, he says the brain uses sensory information such as visual and proprioceptive cues, which indicate the position of body parts relative to each other and everything else. The TPJ is known to put some of these cues together. When this function is disrupted, the brain perceives two bodies instead of one and mistakes the second of that as a stranger. The researchers propose tomorrow in nature. It's a valid idea, says neurologist Pawan Sina of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology in Boston, but this might be just one many mechanisms that generate such hallucinations, he say. I find this... Okay, so this is back to me. So I find this really interesting. Uh, But that being said, uh, there have been a lot of people who have experienced seeing something and sometimes even like capturing them, like in terms of film. Mm -hmm. So who do not have disorders affiliated with their psychosis. So I, this is not me trying to say shadow people are not real. Yeah. I just find, I I think there's really interesting. I think it's important to note that there are certain medical conditions that can make you like, it's not to discount. It's like with ghost hunting. Sometimes yes. there are explanations for the shit that they find mm-hmm. and that it's a proper researcher finds those explanations and disproves that like, okay, cool. It's not just haunted. Sometimes you got weird wiring that makes you feel spooky things. Yes. You know, shit like that. Um, like there's this whole thing where um, electricity, mm-hmm. like electrical currents mm-hmm. can fuck with you. Yes. In that way. Yes. And... Uh, you know, especially in like a, a big city, there's in yeah. more and specifically it's, railroads. It's especially in like old, old buildings and shit yes, like that. Yes, that too. That too. So I, to step back from the science side a little more, I went into what exactly are all the things <laughs> that people say shadow people are. Oh boy. So the first one that something I didn't think about or consider Astral bodies. So I always forget that people can astral project or, you know, I, I'm not somebody who like sleeps well or meditates well or focuses well or could get into a state that could astral project. So mm-hmm. I forget about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, for me, I don't, I don't want to put the energy into it. I just want to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> so one theory is astral bodies, uh, 
It suggests that shadow people are just shadows or essences of people who are having out-of-body experiences. So according to this guy named Jerry Gross, an author, lecturer, and teacher of astral travel, is we all travel out of the body when we are asleep. Perhaps this theory says that the shadow people that we're seeing are just people who are astral projecting at the time. Okay, yeah. Um, Another theory are time travelers. So people from the future who have found the means to travel to the past, uh, if they are able to, like, accomplish this, maybe they can only appear in that state. Maybe. And they're just passing shadows to observe our timeline. Maybe that's the universe saying, hey, you can't fuck with what's been written. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey, this has already been written, but you can watch. You can watch. (laughs) You can have a little uh, view as a treat. As a treat. My treats for my trinkets. For my trinkets. (laughs) Uh, Another one is interdimensional beings. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm going to read this from the section. And this is from uh, liveabout.com about shadow people. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read this section. So interdimensional beings. Even mainstream science is fairly convinced that there are other dimensions that other than the three we inhabit. Mm -hmm. And if these other dimensions exist, who or what, if anything, inhabits them? Some theorists say that these dimensions exist parallel or very close to our very own, although invisible to us. And if there are inhabitants in these other dimensions, it is possible they have found a way to intrude on our dimension and become at least partially visible. If so, they could very well appear as shadows. It's been long held by psychics and other sensitive that beings from other planes of existence are different vibrations. Science is beginning to look at reality on a quantum level in the same way that particles of the smallest size exist as vibrations. Perhaps some theorize the vibrations of our existence are beginning to mesh with those of another dimension, which accounts for the increase such as phenomena of ghosts, shadow people, and possibly aliens. Mm -hmm. Next is aliens. (laughs) (laughs) So aliens and abductions are like really bizarre. And so I'm not too surprised that shadow people have been connected to aliens sometimes. Um, A lot of people who have stated that they have been abducted by aliens said they they were able to pass through walls and closed windows. And but then abruptly they run into a wall. (laughs) Um, So perhaps... Aliens themselves can pass through walls disguised as shadows. Um, There's a great deal of overlap of all of like these like aliens and ghosts and interdimensional beings. Mm -hmm. It seems. um, But there's another theory that that site didn't mention that I for the longest time thought this is what shadow people are. Okay. And that's demons. I... uh Oh, fuck, sorry. I don't know where. Um, <laughs> I mean, I suppose, like, that could, I, I've heard plenty of stories of these, uh, these things showing up in, like, during hard times, mm-hmm. and they just kind of feed on grief, so I can easily see, like, a demon doing that. Yeah, exactly. So, that's, that was, for the longest time, that's what I thought shadow people were, were demons. Mm-hmm. So I was like, where's the source on that? And uh, when I looked into it, um, there's a UK site called Haunted Rooms that go into shadow people as demons. Yeah. Um, and this is, like, again, simply due to the fact that uh, often when shadow people are around, it is 
when the dark thoughts appear. Mm -hmm. It's during moments of duress, moments of sadness, of struggle. Yeah. And so these things are often connected with overall just negative energy. Mm -hmm. And um, some encounters have been a company that like it makes the and feelings that were already there become a more intense dread. Mm-hmm. And witnesses to shadow people said that they don't feel like they were in the presence of something that was human. Okay. Um, so I also found an author that gives a different name to shadow people. Mm-hmm. The Jin. The D it's D J I I N. Yeah. Uh, which is in a completely different entity, I thought. Uh, This author, Rosemary Ellen Gully, says that shadow people are a certain category of djinn. And this is why they're so hard to capture. Um, I I know. Which is like, I was like, really? I don't know if I I don't know if I subscribe to that. I'd like to know more about Rosemary just because I struggle with... uh, I struggle with white people making uh, assumptions about entities from other cultures well that's the thing and so and like if she's somebody if she's just not white i'm assuming that she's white because her name is rosemary my bad if she's somebody who was like brought up in this culture somehow or like she is very close to somebody who taught her about this culture so she's not just appropriating it i looked her up she's white okay (laughs) god damn it rosemary i did i so like i think that's uh that's something that should be on the back burner and maybe we can talk about that one day, but well, I don't, I, I'm wanting to do a deeper dive in Jen because that's a whole oh, I episode highly, of its own. I'm going to, before I forget, because I haven't taken my meds yet and ADHD sucks. I'm going <laughs> to send you, <laughs> I haven't listened to all of the podcasts because I, uh, brain, but there's a podcast called the hidden Jen that's very well done. Um, it's, I'm sending you the link right now. Oh, I feel bad. Why? She died. Oh, uh, well, I'm sure she meant well. Yes, I'm sure she meant well. She has a lot of books now that I'm looking at it. Like Fairy Magic, Demon Hunted, Vampires, Planet Bigfoot. Planet Bigfoot? <laughs> Sorry, I, okay. uh, I had a moment there. It's okay. Uh, dream Messages from the Afterlife, Ghost Hunting in Pennsylvania. No, that wasn't her. Sorry. Um, uh, Encyclopedia of Mystical and Paranormal Experience. Okay. Interesting. I need to de- I need to dive more into her, I guess. That'd be fascinating. But yeah, so the jinn. Okay. They are jinni, a plural jinn, also called genie. Okay. Arabic genie in Arabic mythology is a spirit inhabiting the earth, but unseen by humans, capable of assuming various forms and exercising extraordinary powers. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, I guess I can see the vague connection there. I suppose. I, I, uh, I'm, I don't know, something about it just doesn't sit right in my tum. Yeah, uh, agreed, agreed. But, uh, so I also found something that's called the third man effect. Um, and the TLDR of this, it's more so to do with, like, people who have been on really long hikes. Like, really long hikes. Like, people who like to hike up to Mount Everest. Jesus Christ, okay. Yeah. And uh, so it's, you know, potentially dangerous situations. And they get a sense that something is encouraging them from the shadows, uh, keeping them going and pushing them to survive. Um, 
The only thing that I, like really truly came to mind was Wilson from I forget oh, the, the movie. Or the yeah, he was the, the volleyball. volleyball. Yeah. I forget the movie, but uh it's when this guy gets on this deserted island with a plane crash and he like opens up all the like FedEx stuff to oh. like see if, is, if there's anything to help me survive. And one of them was a volleyball and he cut his hand, got pissed, threw the volleyball and cast he drew, away. Cast away. I've never yes. seen it, but I'm very familiar. Everybody has told me about Wilson and the volleyball. <laughs> Wilson! Like the whole plot of the movie, like the Wilson is there. You Wilson can, is there and you can buy a volleyball that has the the print on it. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. But <laughs> to get back to it, so apparently there's this whole thing with the third man effect that like when people are like on these extravagant adventures, mm-hmm. they feel like someone's there, oh, but they're not. So that that was kind of loose something I found that could have been loosely connected to shadow people, but not really. Okay. I can I okay. I can see that, I suppose. I don't know. It's just this weird, like middle. I this is such a weird all of these topics are such weird topics. Right. Side yeah. note. I Daniel texted me back about the possum because I said <laughs> My first question is, why didn't you catch the possum? And my second question was, why was there so much time between the first possum message and the second one? <laughs> he said, I had to grapple with my disappointment for a while. <laughs> Same. F. <laughs> so, the long story short of this is, what are shadow people? No fucking clue. No fucking clue. No idea. Could they could be, be anything. anything at this point. I, I didn't. I didn't really touch on the sleep paralysis bit because I've been doing that for the past couple yeah, of things. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I think it's good to branch away from that and see what else they could be. Right. I, and they're still kind of loosely connected to Hatman, so there you go. That's my three-part series. Hell yeah. Um I always try to find a personal story to uh, attach this with and I do have one uh from Redditor Awkward Heath Bar. <laughs> <laughs> I too am an Awkward Heath Bar. Um, but I reached out, got permission from uh, Awkward Heath Bar to share their story. And here's their story with uh, shadow people. Oh, yeah. Ever since I was a kid, my dad and my grandfather would talk to me about shadow people and claim that I would meet him one day. Who the fuck is him? <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, go As ahead. a kid, I got scared. But when I became a teen, you know, the stage where you feel invincible, I thought they were crazy. One night when I was maybe 17, I had a dream, but it felt so real. My room wasn't changed one bit and it just felt so real. My bed sheets were the same color. Even the smell of my home remained, remained the same. When I woke up, I heard several people whispering from my door, from Your my face. doorway. And I turned around and looked. Mind you, I was not sleep paralyzed. Par- paralyzed. <laughs> <sighs> the English language is dumb. And I was hurt. not sleep paralyzed. I saw a tall man shrouded in complete blackness and he was just as tall as the doorway and he just stood there and watched me. Menacingly! Menacingly! Uh, Awkward Heath Bar didn't put menacingly. That was my add-in. That's okay. (laughs) Awkward Heath Bar will understand. The strange thing was, is that I didn't feel fear. I myself thought I was dreaming so I rolled over and tried going back to sleep. I heard the same whispers and I could feel his gaze but nothing happened and I ended up falling asleep. Now I live in another state and think about it sometimes. Mostly only the males see him. Even my own little cousin complained that there was a scary man in his room. Another cousin who was female said she saw him too. 
and explain exactly the same as my situation. Can anyone please give me give me something to research or help me understand what this could be? So if you got any ideas, go help Awkward Heath Bar. Weird, weird <laughs> creepy shadow man. Weird creepy shadow man. And that is my three part. Fuck it. I don't want to sleep tonight series. Hey, <laughs> I don't want to sleep tonight. Which is why I'm glad we're doing this in the morning because I can distract myself with things during the day. To exactly. I like how you're about flailing things. the crochet testicles. <laughs> it's it's like, oh, it looks like a flogger. Yeah, that's why. It's just uh, like, <laughs> I, my intrusive thoughts won today. That's and okay. I, was like, I have these like little twine thingies that I tie on my price tags with and I was like ooh it's like a fan and I started hitting the balls with it <laughs> she's flogging them I'm flogging the balls it's a ball it's flogger been, it's been a naughty little ball sack anyway <laughs> so this was a hot mess and we are sorry it's it's okay everything's gonna be a-okay a-okay I pushed the wrong button again sorry Andrew <laughs> sorry sorry he's gonna hit us with a car one day <laughs> End my misery. Please. <laughs> I can I can imagine him listening to this and just going, no. No. <laughs> no you get to live. You you get to suffer. Suck it. <laughs> All right. Well, that was uh that was <laughs>